Dr. Biloff, thank you for giving me some of your time this morning to do a podcast. Thank you, Matt. Um, let's start off with, we'll start off with a softball question. Can you tell the story a little bit of how you got into private practice bariatrics? Yeah, um, my little origin story actually is, uh, is pretty interesting. I think, you know, I used to be a vascular surgeon actually, uh, which is the type of surgery for people who have poor circulation in their arms and legs and things. And uh, one of the things I noticed was that one of the things that is obvious is that a lot of these patients have diabetes <clears throat> or, or smoke or both. And uh, a friend of mine who was doing bariatric surgery at the time mentioned that kind of offhand comment like, oh, you know, bariatric surgery cures diabetes. And, uh, this was back in 2000, 2001. And I was like, really? I, how, how, I didn't know that. And I, I'm a doctor. How come I don't know that? And started doing a little research and found out that in fact, it was kind of true. And that really piqued my interest. I was, I'm always more interested in prevention than treatment, honestly. And so one thing kind of led to another. And at the, my wife's uh, strong encouragement, I literally stopped doing vascular surgery and started doing bariatric surgery, um, which to an outsider might not be obvious what the difference is there, but it's sort of like going from being a carpenter to being a plumber. You know, maybe they're sort of related, but not really. You know, you have to learn a whole new skill set. And essentially, that's what I did. And, and that was in 2003 and been doing it ever since. Okay. So, there's a thing about diabetes really that, that triggered, that got me into it. Sure. Effective. This is a treating diabetes. Yeah. So did you already have your foundation set up as far as clinic and location with vascular, or was that totally new when you switched to, to bariatrics? It's totally new. So I had to I literally left the, I was with the practice and they just offered me a partnership actually. And I politely turned them down, not because of any problem with them, just because I wanted to do bariatric surgery and that's not what they did. Sure. And uh, I joined in with uh, the, my friend at the time, we've since, you know, kind of separated ways, but I joined his practice at the time and, um, and just sort of started seeing patients. He was so busy at that time that he had extra patients to see. And I just started seeing those patients and kind of eventually just developed my own practice yep. uh, and then went out on my own with my own true practice in 2007, 2007. And then when did Dr. Yersigen come into the scene? 2010. So then three years later, I was busy enough that I needed help, so to speak. And he joined my practice in 2010. Okay, very good. And off the top of your head, do you know just roughly number of staff? You guys have two locations. Right. Uh, we have, if you include the two doctors, we have 17 staff, 17 employees. There's 15 employees and two physicians. Okay. And just for those listening, you're doing sleeves, you're doing switches, you're doing some bypass as well? Yeah, we still do some bypasses. Yep. Not as you know, much less, only because I think this. My own view is the sleeve is probably as effective as a weight loss procedure as, um, as the bypass, and mm -hmm. a little bit technically easier and a little less complicated. So unless there's a specific reason to do a bypass, which occasionally there is, mm -hmm. sleeve. Sure. And then revisions. What are you guys seeing with those lately? I would say you know, given how long I've been in practice now, I'm seeing a fair number of revisions, both my own as well as, you know, from other surgeons. Uh, I would say it's probably five to 10% of the practice at this point and growing actually. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. I mean, those are, they're tough patients. Um, oftentimes there's behavioral issues that need to be ruled out or dealt with before we get into a big technical, you know, complicated revisional procedure. Mm -hmm. But when, when it works out, they can be quite satisfying. Yep. Yep. Okay. 
So when we came and visited you guys, Kelly told us more about these patient parties that you guys do. And honestly, you know, we, we've heard clinics talk about that they would like to do this kind of thing or that they planned on doing it. But you guys apparently for some time have been pulling off these pretty amazing patient parties once a year. I know yeah. COVID, COVID messed that up, but can, right. you, can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about what those look like? Sure. I mean, so yeah, I, as I mentioned before, I started my own practice and business, if you will, in 2007. So I've been doing it really ever since then. And it's, we call it the holiday party. So it's typically, in, it's typically the first Monday in December. And in, until 2020, we had done it, you know, whatever, 13 years in a row. Um, but COVID obviously put that kibosh on that. Essentially, it's, it's, it's a celebration. Uh, you know, this uh, bariatric surgery is a very happy medicine specialty. I mean, just imagine if you had a problem, whatever it was that you've been dealing with for years, decades, maybe your whole life since child, childhood, and, and suddenly you do something and that problem goes away. That's pretty amazing and pretty powerful. And patients are very appreciative. So that's why it's a great, in my opinion, great specialty. It's really the ultimate happy medicine. And they want to celebrate that with their, you know, friends and family and you know, they want to celebrate with the, the guy or gal or team, really, uh, that helped them accomplish that. And that's really what the holiday party is. So they're, you know, we invite all our patients and they're allowed to bring whoever they want, friends, spouses, kids, coworkers, whatever. Uh, and, and just, it's just, there's no, you know, we, we usually have, uh, you know, uh, some entertainment and some dancing and a DJ, but there's no particular agenda per se. Sure. I suspect, I'm sure over the years, we've gotten patients from it because, you know, people bring their friends, coworkers, family members, and they kind of see just the, the you know, surgery sells itself. Everyone's there celebrating and talking about how great it's been and sure. you know, it piques interest, of course, but yeah. not really the purpose necessarily. It's just sort of a happy side effect. Sure. And I, I saw, uh, I guess it was on your Facebook page, some of the photos. So everyone is dressed up. It's kind yeah, of yeah. a formal <laughs> deal. And you guys yeah. have a professional photographer who's taking right, right. pictures. Yeah. And so that that I will admit is a bit of a is really a bit of us getting getting good after pictures. If you sure. Will. And then we have, of course have to get the patient to give us a before picture, but we at least we have a very good you know professionally you know well dressed uh, after picture. Plus yeah. people love it. You know they, they get a copy they, they get a little you know frame or whatever. And, sure. Yeah, so okay so if you um, a couple things i would think would keep people from doing this number one a logistical nightmare so who who puts all this together logistically the food the venue the date the invitations who does all that well so yeah i mean kelly who you mentioned earlier is my practice manager and it's it kind of mostly falls on her i mean given the number of years we've been doing it it's I wouldn't say it's autopilot at this point, but we you know we know the photographer, we've you know, got the caterer, we've got the DJ, so it's more just a matter of you know letting them know what the date's going to be. So in some sense, it, it's gotten a little less labor intensive, but it's still it's it's a big job. I mean, it's you know I always say it's like we're throwing you know a a wedding every year essentially. I mean, it's you know we last again we didn't do it in 2020, but in 2019 I think we had 600 people there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a pretty big wedding. Yeah, yeah, it's a big wedding. That's, I mean, an, ex that's an expensive course. wedding. <laughs> um, but in terms of the number of people, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's usually between, it's usually around 500, give or take. 10, wow. You know. Okay. We've sort of kind of, we've sort of plateaued right around 500. At this point. Yeah. 
where do you have something with five or 600 people? What's the venue? Yeah, it's actually, we had to find a place that could accommodate that many folks. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big hall that, um, that has weddings typically. Um, uh, place in New Jersey, and it's kind of halfway, you mentioned we have two offices, so it's sort of halfway between the two offices. Yeah, so this may be a silly question, but do you and Dr. Yersigian show up to that? Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I would imagine, I mean, you know, I've been around plenty of bariatric surgeons when they're out in places where they have patients. Everybody wants to come and shake your hand and hug you. Right, right. So are you yeah, just so, standing there all night with a line of people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the first couple of years, that was true. It's a little less true now, but still, yeah, we, you know, a lot of patients want to take their picture with us. Uh, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's a busy night. You know, it's definitely a working night for both of us. That's great. You know, we I usually come with my wife and he comes with his wife and kids, but sometimes not just because we're so busy that it's, you know, it's kind of boring for the kids and spouses to sit around with us. Yeah. Kind of but, cool yeah, though. Pretty popular that day. Yeah. No doubt though, you know, in, interesting and kind of cool for your family to get to see. Because you know, when I'm up at a clinic and patient after patient is coming by and the doctor's saying, oh my gosh, you, you look fantastic. When, when did we, was that nine, 10 months ago? And, you know, you get to see all that, but you know, your spouse or your family doesn't necessarily get to see what you do every day. So that, that, that yeah, yeah. It, it, in that sense, it's good. In fact, uh, five years ago, maybe about eight years ago now, uh, my in-laws came to one of them. Um, it's good. You know, they definitely look like a hero and everyone's, you know, saying how great you are and how amazing you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, it always helps to score a few points with the in-laws when everyone's saying <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad might, that might make it worth it. You know, that might make it worth it actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's part of what drew us to bariatrics amongst other specialties is you don't, when you're doing vascular surgery or you're doing even knees or hips, you don't get all these Google reviews and cards and people saying, thank you for saving my life. This is the best decision ever made in my life. That's, that's a pretty powerful thing. It's great. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, for me, it's the perfect specialty. It's, it's funny because most surgeons hear about bariatrics and they just, they run away. Like they just put their hand on a hot stove and I'm like, this is the best specialty. You're never going to meet a more grateful group of patients. It's just right. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the party comes out of that spirit and it's more just a celebration and, you know, kind of reminds me of why I got into this whole specialty. Absolutely, man. I, well, I hope to find another one, but so far, I think you guys are the only ones throwing that party in the country until- I will, uh, assuming that we can do it this year, and I don't know, you know, who knows what's with the COVID situation, but assuming we can, you'll definitely get an invite. All right, all right. Maybe um, get a few patient interviews out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll set we'll... you up a little booth. <laughs> Soundproof booth and you get some interviews. You know, I'll just be sitting there collecting email addresses all night. All right. There you go. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Well, before we go, what's what do you see as the biggest opportunity in private practice bariatrics in the future? Yeah. Um, that's a tough one, boy. Oof. This the medicine is in such flux these days. So it's yeah. You know, uh, what what did Yogi Berra say? Predictions are difficult, particularly about the future. So uh, I'll um I'll say that. Everything, anything I might answer here could be null and void in, in six weeks or six months. But having said that, you know, private practice itself seems to me to be somewhat under attack at the moment. And I don't know how much that'll persist. Last I read, most bariatric surgeons actually are not in private practice. I think most actually are employed. Uh, you know, I can see why it's a lot of work. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're literally running a business. I mean, like as I mentioned, we have 15 employees in addition to the two doctors. Um, and you're operating and taking care of patients. I mean, you're doing both. And they're those separate things, really. And, it, you know, it, it's a lot of work. 
Um, just personally, I prefer to be in private practice or run my own show than to be employed, but that's just me. It's more of a psychological thing than anything else, I think. Um, so I don't know what the future of private practice is. I suspect most bariatric surgeons are going to end up employed. I think that's just the, it's just the path of least resistance. So that's on the business side. Um, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I hope a few guys and gals keep fighting the good fight and staying in private practice, but just as a reality, I think more people are going to be employed because it's easier on the business side, on the, on the sort of wellness health side, you know, the actual reason we got into all this stuff and you know, the actual reason I went to medical school to take care of patients, hopefully bariatrics will become more incorporated into, I don't want to say primary treatment, but a, a, a more of a first line treatment um, for morbidly obese patients, particularly with diabetes. So just literally last week, a pretty major study came out in Lancet, which is a very prestigious, it's basically the British version of the New England Journal of Medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, came out with a big study, it's a meta-analysis, so a study of studies. And it showed that um, diabetics who get bariatric surgery live longer, live nine years longer than diabetics who don't get bariatric surgery. Nine years, you know, imagine if that was a cancer treatment that added nine years of life. I don't think there's any cancer treatment that had nine, had nine years of life. Nine years, a decade more of life just by getting this operation. That, that should be, in my opinion, that should be front page news in every newspaper in the country, but you know, no, one's, no one's heard of it. So, and we continue to get more and more you know, insurance denials and non-coverage and, and yet it's just a ridiculously effective treatment. So I guess my dream, I don't know if it's reality or not, but my dream would be it becomes more of a frontline treatment, particularly for diabetics. And I guess I'm a little partial because that was what really inspired me to get into this field in the first place. Uh, I mean, the evidence there is just, it, it's more, it accumulates more and more every day. Hopefully at some point it just becomes so overwhelming that this will be a more aggressively utilized and again, frontline treatment for diabetes. Sure. Okay. That's a good answer. All right. Well, I'm going to stop the recording and then we'll wrap up. Give me one second. Sure.